W-O-V-U-L-P Cleveland. Now, our voices today. Why are we led by our pride? We shouldn't let them block the path to our hearts and minds. Hello, hello, and welcome to Our Voices Today here on WOVU 95.9 FM, Burton Bell Car Community Radio, streaming live from WOVU.org and the WOVU mobile app. I am TC Lewis, and uh, hello to all of you out there. We have some really great uh, guests here. Um, shout out to Tasia Ducksworth. You can't go wrong with the Ducksworth in the house and Vicki McDonald over at Jumpstart for... Um, Sending these two wonderful guests uh, to us and our WOVU audience because today uh, we are going to be talking about, again, uh, business and funding and different ways that entrepreneurs can find capital to fund their uh, wonderful businesses and ideas. And so, uh, you know, Jumpstart is an organization that uh, provides mentoring and support and uh, access to, uh, you know, uh, networking and capital and um, all anything you need as an entrepreneur to get your business moving faster or even off the ground. Take your idea from, you know, day one, you know, to day 100 with uh, a lot of success. And so Jumpstart also is in the business of connecting people to, uh, you know, other businesses and resources. So um, Jumpstart has connected these two people and organizations um, that I am going to introduce to you today as we talk about, you know, uh, different ways that entrepreneurs can gain access to capital and funding, kind of the same thing. Oh, uh, they are the same thing. So anyway, <laughs> let me stop my rambling and get to introducing our two guests. Uh, first, I would like to welcome Dora, Dora Rankin. She is the Cleveland City Manager at Honeycomb Credit. Welcome to Our Voices Today, Dora Rankin. Hi, good morning. Thanks for thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for uh, joining us. I'll tell our listening audience a little bit about you. Uh, after spending 20 or plus years in the retail and business banking space, uh, Dora stepped away and began consulting the small business ecosystem in Cleveland. She witnessed a huge funding gap for Main Street that is locally owned small businesses throughout Cleveland and beyond. She has since joined Honeycomb Credit, a Pittsburgh-based debt crowdfunding company to launch the community capital movement throughout the United States. Honeycomb Credit unlocks growth opportunities for small businesses to build vibrant, financially empowered communities. Again, welcome, Dora. And we will, um, you know, uh, dive into, you know, what Honeycomb Credit is. What is 
you know, community crowdfunding. I'm interested in learning about that. And, um, you know, what is a business, the small business ecosystem? So some questions for you to kind of sit with while we go ahead and introduce our second guest. Please welcome Monica Grace. She is the owner and founder of Second Semester Consignment Shop. Monica Grace, welcome to Our Voices Today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on your call. Thank you. Thank you again. And uh, I'll tell our audience a little bit about you, Monica. Monica has been teaching in the city of Cleveland for 24 years. Thank you for your service, madam. Uh, She currently teaches advanced math education to gifted learners at Campus International School. In her 24 years of experience, she's taught gifted, gender-based, and STEM-focused education. As an educator and mother of five, her and her husband began second semester to provide educators, parents, homeschool parents, and the community a convenient, safe, and economic way to buy and sell their resources while creating long-lasting experiences for all children. Wow, Monica, welcome again. Um, Tell us some more about second semester. Well, second semester is located in Wycliffe, um, Ohio, and we started like I said, about four years. We actually just celebrated four years uh, on the 12th of this month, so we're super excited that we've been around, um, gone on our fifth year. And it basically got started after a transition from the classroom to more of a pull-out um, position. And I brought all my things home, ready to store, just put away just in case when my husband mentioned um, uh, taking these items to a consignment store. And I thought about it, and I'm like, oh, I don't think I ever heard of a consignment store for educational items. Mm-hmm. And then he just said, well, let's start one. And I really thought he was joking until probably four months later, and he's saying, well, what's the name, and let's get a building, and this and that. And before you know, we were open and operating um, in October, November of 2016, and and now we have hundreds of customers, anywhere from parents and uh, teachers, educators who come, they're either bringing items to sell or donate or um, they're purchasing items because a cost is less, of more, uh, more than half the price you would pay in a retail store. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I would never think to uh, seek educational resources from a second, a consignment shop or secondhand, although we do get, you know, uh, textbooks and things from the library, but to buy, and also, well, I don't know, I guess it's just a different um, way of thinking about it, because we do rent textbooks, we, um, you know, borrow them from the libraries, and we also buy them used. So what is the, what's the difference between those things and consignment? Well, education, especially in the um, younger years, it's way more than just textbooks. So we have games and manipulatives, um, bulletin board items, uh, unique things that teachers have made by hand that they cut out and, and laminated and directions. And it's just, if you just can imagine being in a second or third grade classroom, all the things and resources that a student or a teacher may use, um, those items are brought to our store. Um, not too long ago, I actually got a um, math, math um, multiplication um, facts on as a CD, not CD, excuse me, on a record. Wow. <laughs> so I'm whoa. like, wow. She's like, I, I use this with my 
son who's 54 now. <laughs> and so just those unique items that you wouldn't be able just to walk into a store and grab. And so those things come in, and teachers are typically looking for quality um, educational items that more than likely don't even um, exist anymore. They're not being produced, so they can come in and find those um, manipulatives and games and and we have a lot of paper products and stickers and cutouts. I mean, the list goes on and on. So mm-hmm. educator would understand um, how much money we spend each mm-hmm. year, you know, hundreds of dollars, um, just buying materials to make sure that our students have the best educational experience. Yeah. And so um, so educators are able to come to second semester and uh, find resources. Now, are they purchasing them or are they borrowing them? Uh, How does the arrangement work? So it's a combination. Some teachers will come with items that they want to resell and they can either wait for those items to sell and get 40% or we'll make an offer that they can um, have their money out the door. But then we have teachers who bring items in and whatever that offer is, they'll just exchange that value for something else in the store. So um, we are very flexible on how we help teachers, you know, um, fund their classroom. Um, But typically we get a number of retired teachers who um, are no longer using these items. They are so thankful that these items aren't just sitting in their uh, garage or in their basement because they know the amount of money they spent over mm-hmm. years, you know, 30 years plus just, you know, purchasing things for their classroom. And they're just so thankful that they don't have to throw it away or have it stored somewhere where a student is not utilizing these items. So they bring them into us and some teachers, they just want to donate. They just want these things. They just continued, you know, circulating in the community. So, um, those items are wonderful because then we can, that's 100% profit to the store so we can keep, you know, this concept going. Um, but other teachers, you know, they do, they understand that their items were very valuable and they may just be switching grade levels. Um, mm-hmm. They may have mm-hmm. taught many years in the lower levels and now they've been placed in middle school and they realize their first grade materials um they won't be able to use, so they bring those items in to get um, funding for, and then they use that money to upgrade their materials. So, okay, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. because just like, uh, you know, babies grow out of clothes and kids grow out of clothes, you know, teachers can grow yeah. out of uh, materials <laughs> because Absolutely. they've been switch, switched around from different <laughs> types of curriculums. Okay, so, um, but also I also want to mention that um, um, second semester also, you know, provides resources for homeschooling schooling uh, parents um, and yeah. students. Um, um, talk a little bit about that. And um, do you have any experience with the homeschooling experience? Um, well, I think everyone who has a, a, a child now is having some yeah. experience. I do have a, um, a 17-year-old in her last year, so she is um, virtual right now. So she needs very limited help. But as far as the homeschool community, let me tell you, they have been so supportive of this idea. They understand um, the cost it takes to educate a child, especially when you don't have the state funding to do so. Mm-hmm. And so when I opened my doors, my idea was, this is going to be a great place for teachers. 
And then parents start coming in like, oh, okay, I see parents who also educate their children at home. So I um, started to widen my, my, my idea, my vision that, yes, this concept is not just for educators who are teaching in the you know, school room, but also parents who are educating their children at home. So we do get curriculum for homeschool parents as well as a, a number of resources that you can use with your child at home. And now that we have so many children at home, right. we have parents who are coming in and they're saying, you know, I realize my child is, you know, a little behind. Is there something that you have a resource that I can use with my child at home? And so I'm super excited to offer these items, you know, because we know there are great value, and they can utilize these things for the period they need them. And I tell them, like, when you're done with it, you know, don't just put it in the closet somewhere. Bring it back, and we can exchange it for something else. Or, you know, of course, we can offer this to another parent who may also need this activity. Um, A lot of our items are just gently used, many that are brand new. Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell teachers take really great care of their materials. So Mm -hmm. we have... um, you know, a, a lot of items that you really could just put on your Christmas list because they're still wrapped up brand new in the packaging. Um, and then not to um, forget, we also tutor. We have a tutoring program for all children, grades pre-K to 12, in all subjects, and we have two locations. So one, which is in uh, Wycliffe, but the second location, which is the reason um, we have a wonderful relationship mm-hmm. with Honeycomb, who helped us um, start our second location in the Collinwood area on East 185th. I'm not sure we want to get into that yet, but um, we're very thankful for that opportunity to have um, be able to service that community um, with our resources. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And uh, that was the perfect segue to, uh, you know, uh, enter Dora Rankin into the conversation. Again, she is the Cleveland uh, City Manager with Honeycomb Credit. So Monica just mentioned, Dora, that, um, you know, her relationship or the second semester consignment shop's relationship with Honeycomb Credit allowed them to open up a second location uh, right here in the city of Cleveland. Um, Tell us, you know, uh, about Honeycomb Credit and um, how important these relationships are with small businesses and how Honeycomb, you know, contributes to uh, the success of our local small businesses. Sure, absolutely. Um, it's so nice to hear your voice, Monica. I haven't I haven't been able to see you in person for quite some time, right? Um, yes. One of the things that Monica, you know, didn't mention, and it's just, she's humble, is but Monica is doing some just really amazing and great things um, throughout Cleveland, you know, beyond being a teacher, she's a thought leader and she's been consulting women um, around how they can start their own businesses. Um, and she's a huge advocate for, for her community. Um, in addition, Monica is an alumni of, of Honeycomb Credit, and she's actually one of the first business owners and entrepreneurs that worked with Honeycomb and um, had success through through a crowdfunding campaign with Honeycomb. So um, just a, a little bit about who we are and, and what we do. Um, as mentioned, uh, our organization unlocks capital for small businesses to build vibrant, financially empowered communities. Um, and, and the reason we do that is, is because there's a, a huge funding gap within Main Street America. Um, community banks are, are closing rapidly. Larger banks are consolidating rapidly. 
and um, in an effort to to help small businesses um, access fair capital, and I really, really um, say fair capital, um, because out there, there are, are so many lenders out there right now, um, like Merchant Cash Advantages, that, that, that business owners are utilizing, mm-hmm. and, and it's extremely expensive, and interest rates are really high. So, so where does that leave? leave entrepreneurs, how, how do they either start their business or scale their business or, you know, how, how do they get capital for the projects they need, especially right now when when the word pivot is is the, the biggest word used in our dictionary right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so how we work, uh, um, Honeycomb is a debt crowdfunding platform and debt crowdfunding platform basically means that business owners um, have the opportunity and are allowed to um, borrow directly from their community and their backyard. And what that does is it allows for the community and the people uh, that um, support their favorite business to actually invest in that business. Mm -hmm. So a business owner can take out a loan directly from their community and the community gets to reap the reward of, of the investment and a nice rate of return for, for investing in that okay. business. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So uh, the, a business owner can take out a loan from the community. Um, what exactly does that mean? Yeah, so that's really the definition of crowdfunding. So mm-hmm. when we take a look at crowdfunding, um, there's three different types. And, and um, most relevant right now is the crowdfunding that's, that's donation-based. So most people are familiar with, like, GoFundMe, and mm-hmm. especially right now with all the philanthropy out there, and it's really needed. Um, but our crowdfunding platform is, is not donation-based. So instead of a business owner going out and and seeking capital and doing a raise of capital through donation, mm-hmm. it's actually seeking and, and doing a raise of capital through local community investment. So for as little as $100, people that know Monica mm-hmm. and people that don't know Monica, mm-hmm. people that want to invest in Monica and invest in second semester can do that for as little as $100. Okay. Okay. And so uh, how many um, investors uh, does Honeycomb typically require for any given uh, project or loan? And that's what's so neat is that there is no requirement. Um, This is open to not just the public, but to also Honeycomb's network and it's national. Mm -hmm. So there you could have an invest. You could be open in Ohio and have an investor from Colorado. Mm -hmm. But typically what we see is that it starts within the local community and the local network. So this is a way for the economy to deploy capital um, and to deploy capital from the bottom up versus just the top down. Mm-hmm. So prior to prior to regulation crowdfunding passing a few years ago, if you were a business like if you were a main street business like second semester or any other restaurant, any any locally owned business, if you were trying to see capital through an investment, you would have to take what's called an accredited investor. And now with regulation crowdfunding passing, it allows for anyone to invest in a business mm. and for the business to keep control 
and not have to give away any equity or any shares of their business. Okay. But the investors uh, do see a return. So how does that happen? Yeah. So that's the loan. So the okay. business owner's taking out the loan, right? And so if, if for example, if, if a business raises $50,000 of community capital, that $50,000 is pe- being paid back by the business owner with a set rate of return. Mm-hmm. And whatever that rate of return is, that's what the community is going to receive back. So if the rate's 7, 8, 9%, then that's what the investors are going to receive back for the life of the loan. All right. Awesome. So uh, we were just hearing from Dora, Dora Rankin. Uh, she is the Cleveland City Manager for Honeycomb Credit. Uh, she was explaining to us uh, what exactly how debt crowdfunding works. Uh, one of the uh, tools that Honeycomb Credit offers uh, its clients and customers. And we've also heard from Monica Grays, um, uh, an alumnus, an alumna of uh, Honeycomb Credit, as Dora uh, characterized her. She's the owner and founder of Second Semester Consignment Consignment Shop in Wycliffe and also right here in Cleveland on the east side. Stay tuned. More with them as part of Jumpstart Friday here on Our Voices Today, WOVU 95.5. Point nine FM. We'll be right back. Excuse me, but I get so mad. Where could we have been? What could we have had? Yeah, it's time to lose those shackles and break those chains. Now who is gonna stop you from being a man? Hey, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to the best community radio station around. We are so grateful. From our family here at WOVU 95.9 FM to yours. Have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. cold outside. But don't fret. The Spock and Burton Bell Car Development Incorporated have got you covered. Along with MyCom and Webos All-Stars, Burton Bell Car and the Spot are bringing the heat with Project Warm. Parents, caretakers, families, and friends come and meet us in December for free hats and gloves for all of your kids. Free hats and free gloves for all your kids brought to you by Project Warm, the Spot, Burton Bell Car, MyCom, and Webos all-stars december 2nd from 1 to 4 p.m meet us at anton gardena 2955 east 71st street in cleveland that's december 2nd from 1 to 4 meet us at anton gardena for free hats and free gloves for your kids 2955 east 71st street in cleveland free hats and gloves for the kids brought to you by project warm the spot burton bell car my and webos all-stars wovu 95. 9 FM. Hey everybody, it's your girl Shanoa Miller from Empower You Radio Show, and I am thankful for every single person that I come encounter with. They either a loved one or a lesson learned. All right, happy holidays.
Welcome back. You are listening to Our Voices Today. I'm T.C. Lewis. This is WOVU 95.9 FM. Of course, always streaming live from WOVU.org, our wonderful, wonderful website, and the WOVU mobile app, which you can download from the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Look, I'm so old that my teenager i never even said that before but my teenager gifted me uh the gift of uh hand-me-down technology gave me his old tablet because he got a new kindle thing and uh so i got to reap the benefits of that and i downloaded the wovu mobile app immediately upon the exchange so uh you know as we you know either get together sparingly with loved ones uh this holiday season even if through the digital space you know encourage them you know poke prod uh, lightweight force them to download the wovu mobile app because you can never have too much of a good thing and we can never have too much of our friends uh at jumpstart it is jumpstart friday and on the line with us today is dora rankin cleveland city manager of honeycomb credit because we are talking about money and uh accessing capital and this uh we're learning about uh a new way away it's new to me and uh, i'm sure it's new to a lot of you out there listening uh, something called debt crowdfunding um, and also Monica Grays is on the line she is the owner and founder of second semester consignment shop and uh, she uh, has been a, a beneficiary of the honeycomb credit debt crowdfunding uh, uh, resource so Dora um, I want to just go back to you for a moment and you know um, again talk about the community that these funds are coming from. So are we talking about, I know you said anybody can invest, but um, the, uh, tell us who the majority of the investors are. Because when you think community, you can either, your mind either goes to like people or residents, you know, because in my mind, I'm thinking about our immediate community here um, in Garden in the Garden Valley neighborhood. But community members um, also include, you know, businesses, nonprofit groups, uh, for profit businesses, you know, talk to us about that. Yes. So it's, it's quite broad. Um, when we say community, we are right in line with what you just mentioned. So, so this can be a, a $100 investment from your um, best friend, or it could be a $10,000 investment from um, a local organization, or it could be a five thousand dollar investment from a like-minded individual that's very community minded that is not even in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically what we see is that um, about two-thirds of the investment come directly from the the business owners network but that network can include um, friends, family, neighbors, consumers, you know, other patrons, um, as, as well as, as organizations. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had another question. It'll come back to me, but Monica, um, <laughs> Monica, let's, uh, jump back over to you. So, you know, you are, you started a uh, second semester consignment shop in 2016, correct? 
Correct. And then so um, at what point were you deciding, you and your husband deciding that you were ready to um, have a second location? Uh, again, your first one located in Lake County in Wycliffe, Ohio, and you ended up opening one here in Cleveland. Um, you know, why did you decide to do that? And, you know, what made you seek out Honeycomb Credit in, um, you know, helping you to uh, further that goal? After about two very short years, our little 1,200-square-foot area uh, was just filled um, to the limits with resources and materials, as well as our tutoring program, who started as just myself as the, the one tutor, and I would actually sometimes bring students to the facility with me after work um, with the arrangement with their parents, grew to about eight um, tutors in the local area, all certified teachers, and we couldn't continue to service students in this very small space that we had at the back of the store. And so my husband, you know, um, found a place that we could grow, and it happened to be in Collinwood. And I said, this is great. I work in Cleveland. I think it's a great place where we can expand our tutoring program and possibly the store. So at that time, um, we had a, a, a location, but it was it was an eyesore, and it needed some um, some updates to make the area um the facility um, be more pleasing to our students and those who potentially would want to come and um, be serviced there. So um, at this time, I hadn't um, received any funding. Everything we did was just personal funding, um, and it was, you know, it's a, it a very scary moment when you talk about um, taking out loans and and beginning debt in your business, um, but. The relationship with Dora was just um, amazing, um, if I could say it lightly. She was very patient with me. I had a lot of questions. And not only did I have a lot of questions, my husband had a lot of questions, but he refused to actually come to the meeting and ask the questions, so he would ask me the questions, and then I would call Dora again. I'm like, I have a few more questions. So the whole way through, she held my hand. She answered all my questions. She made me feel very comfortable about the process. And then I just love the idea. I've done other things similar to this for teachers, um, donors choose, and, you know, GoFundMe, where I understand the concept of people donating. But I love the idea that it was a community-based project that we were actually seeking funds from the local community that mm -hmm. all rallied together and um, helped in this whole uh, process. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I'm still in awe thinking about the people that I see, you know, you know, some of the parents that bring their kids to tutoring that actually donated to the cause and allowed us to have this opportunity to fix up the front of the store and, and, and purchase furniture, tables, and chairs to put inside the um, location. Um, and so I'm very, very thankful that individuals, one, trusted me and believed in my vision that they would actually do a, a financial donation to the cost and um, some that, you know, even said, you know, you know I would give additional on, t on top of the, of the honeycomb, what did you need, what can I do to help? And so it was just a wonderful feeling of community all rallying together, uh, you know, supporting um, second semester, our tutoring program, and also our students that we service, some that even um, – reached out and asked how could they help through donations for um, students who may need free 
um, tutoring, so we offer scholarships, and so we have um, a donation option where they can go and donate. So it just kind of was a domino effect, mm-hmm. um, but it all stemmed from that 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 beginning conversation with Honeycomb and Dora and the amazing Honeycomb team that just kind of walked me through this whole process. Dora, how how much, um, you know, does the success of, you know, debt crowdfunding, you know, rely on, um, I guess, um, um, investors, you know, actually knowing the recipients of the funds and also the fact that knowing that they are going to be getting, um, you know, it's a loan. It's not just a donation. Like, you know, how does that contribute or how much does that contribute to, you know, the success of this debt crowdfunding model? Yeah, that's a really, really great question. Um, so even more right, right now, it's, it's so impactful. Um, businesses are, are pivoting and trying to figure out what to do and, and have very little strategy because, they're rolling the dice every day and it's such a challenge for Mm -hmm. for entrepreneurs and we know that all of us know that um and on on the other side of things we have you know we have people in the economy um spending and looking for ways to support local um in an avenue that they they've never it, it not just an avenue but in a level that they've they've never um have done before Mm so so we have so many so many locals saying how can we support right Mm -hmm. um and this this our platform allows them to do that but instead of it being let's support buying a gift card or let's support just you know buying carry out Mm -hmm. you, you have an actual literally ability to invest in in your favorite coffee shop and your favorite retail and and then not you're not just getting the the rate of return, so you're seeing you know a check in the mail, but you're also feeling that that you really are a part of that business. And when you feel that you're a part of of a business, then you advocate for that business more, mm-hmm. you patronize that business more, you talk about it more, um, and it's a way, you know, crowdfunding and through Honeycomb is a way to really level up your existing. Um, your existing network and your existing consumers. And these, these people end up becoming really strong brand advocates for you. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that's what um, happens organically. And you don't know that that's going to happen. And you don't know when it's going to happen. And that's what, um, you know, Monica experienced going through yeah. the process. Yeah, it's a, it sounds like it was a really um, empowering uh, in experience for you, Monica, um, to uh, you know, b- being able to go through this process and um, not only reap the benefits for yourself and your business, but I'm sure also to be able to see the growth of it contributing directly to the community, um, you know, in terms of, you know, the, 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 the point of it, education, the tutoring, the, the materials and that. Yeah. So, I mean, I enjoyed hearing you just talking about it, you know, um, you know, just speaks to the fact that, uh, um, you know, this type of uh, system, um, you know, is, is definitely a, a great tool. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Dora, tell us, uh, or, or and Monica, if you want to jump in with your own experience, like what is the process uh, for getting started with um, uh, debt crowdfunding companies such as Honeycomb Credit? And, um, you know, is it like, um, you know, starting a GoFundMe just, you know, with people investing instead of donating? Or is there a more... Um, you know, thorough or vetted process, so to speak? Yeah, it's definitely the latter of, of the two. To, to get started with, with Honeycomb, um, but the, the first thing is, is to be in a position where you are comfortable taking on debt, right? So um, you, you need to, to be in a place with your business where, where you want to, to be able to grow and you can be able to grow. Um, so this isn't, this, this wouldn't be, um, you know, grant based, right. Mm -hmm. Um, there are several times that we've worked with, with relief and with COVID relief. Mm -hmm. Um, but still, since this is, this is debt, you, you want to be in a a situation where you are comfortable paying that back. Mm -hmm. Um, so, Typically, we see businesses that are either it's a project that they're working on or they're starting up or they're transitioning or pivoting and and making a move. Um, And then they need to know how much capital are they looking to to raise? Mm -hmm. So um, on average, our our raises are anywhere from 15 to 250,000. We are able to do um, raises up to a million um, and our average raise is about 60 to 80. So when you look at our website, we do a lot of um, um, food truck purchases and new brick and mortar purchases and transitioning to um, online. So when all different types of, of, of pivoting projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you know that this is that you're ready to scale, you, you know how much money you, you'd like to raise, um, then the process from from conversation with Honeycomb to cash in hand is usually about 60 days wow. um, and 60 days because um, for a few weeks we are qualifying you to be able to run a campaign mm-hmm. um, and then we're putting together the campaign with you. Mm-hmm. So before you launch a honeycomb campaign to raise capital, we're going to sit down and as Monica said, we're going to to put some strategy behind this and what's the outreach going to be behind this, what's the marketing going to be behind this, um, as well as is, is designing your campaign um, for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you run the campaign and for about 45 days, sometimes less, sometimes a little more, um, everyone and anyone has the opportunity to invest. Awesome. Yeah, I am looking at the website and some of the uh, business that have been marked with successful campaigns include some uh, one in particular that has been um, on the air with a Skidmark Garage. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's good to see them there. But also our recognized Unbar Cafe um, in the yeah. Larchmere area and, um, you know, a few other ones that I haven't heard of. Stark Fresh, Pier Pantry, Mott Tempo. Um, so, you know, uh, this uh, Honeycomb Credit is a Pittsburgh-based company. Um, how long has it been operating in Cleveland, and what brought it to Cleveland and uh, you know our uh, business community? Yeah, you're looking at who brought it to Cleveland. So, <laughs> um, as mentioned, after uh, many many years in traditional finance, I, I walked away and did some consulting and and um, 
I, I, I ended up uh, starting to, to talk to the, the uh, CEO and CFO of, of Honeycomb in, in Pittsburgh, and they were looking to, to figure out which market to, to launch Honeycomb in. And um, since we had launched in, in, in Pennsylvania, it just made sense to launch in, in Ohio. Um, and it was an immediate love affair when, when, when I met the group of Honeycomb because I, I saw the tangible evidence that this works and this is, it's very powerful and community capitalism movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really need it. So, um, yeah, I, about two years ago, um, Honeycomb's been around for two and a half and I have been around for two. <laughs> so, okay. um, yeah, wow. yeah. So it was a really new, uh, business itself. It is crowdfunding as a whole. Um, the, the, the world of crowdfunding, um, uh, the, the regulation of crowdfunding just passed in 2016. So, um, we, we are, we are two and a half years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah. And, uh, I encourage our listeners to look up that regulation, get on the Googles and, uh, uh, search for the crowdfunding, um, legislation, uh, that passed in 20, you said 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So, um, Oh, uh, so let's see. So let's talk a little bit about uh, COVID-19. Um, Monica, uh, you know, education has totally shifted, you know, in the year of our dear uh, 2020. And, um, you know, with more, most communities going online, either in whole or in part um, with digital learning, I'm sure you have been a great resource uh, for materials like you mentioned earlier uh, for parents who are looking to supplement, you know, even with their kids still being uh, connected to their school systems, there's some things that, you know, have to fill in those gaps, you know, at home. And so um, talk to us about, you know, how people have reached out to you uh, during this uh, time of the pandemic. Um, Yes, absolutely. Um, As I mentioned before, Parents are now coming in, and they're looking to, you know, for materials that they can use at home with their children. Um, it's so funny. We get a lot of grandparents who come in and say, I want my child's um, room to look like their, their classroom. And so they buy posters and things to hang up to, to, to help support their learning and give them a nice um, workspace and, you know, and because uh, – they're not educators, you know, they appreciate the knowledge that we have to help them understand, you know, yes, this is appropriate, no, that's not age appropriate. Um, so we support them that way. But as, as far as our tutoring program, um, because we still are doing face-to-face um, servicing, parents realize their children who are learning virtually still need someone, you know, with them face-to-face to offer that support. And so we've got a number of new parents coming anywhere from Stowe to um, Cleveland, all over just wanting um, the services that we provide to support them um, with their academics. But we do offer virtual um, services. So if there's a parent or a family that just doesn't feel comfortable um, meeting, you know, face-to-face, we do um, virtual tutoring for probably about 25% of our students. So we are, you know, able to 
pivot that way in this unfortunate um, circumstance mm -hmm. that we can continue to um, support the parents who need the support in that way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the resources that uh, Americans have uh, for, you know, getting help through with COVID-19 um, is the Small Business Administration. And, um, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of signing up for newsletters to get the information from the direct source. Right. So I went to sign up and um, I got an error page that said, oops, SBA is having problems or something like that. I thought that was pretty funny. But, um, you know, many businesses, especially small businesses uh, have had problems accessing help uh, uh, surrounding COVID-19, um, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, money uh, to help support either, you know, transitioning from one business model to another or or keeping their staff paid. Um, how, how many businesses, I mean, I'm seeing even on the website, those uh, few that I mentioned are looking, uh, you know, their, their statement is they're seeking working capital during COVID-19. COVID-19. How many of uh, your clients, Dora, are, are in that position? Yeah, well, when, when COVID hit, we, uh, Honeycomb, we, we kind of scrambled really quickly to figure out how we can help these businesses, right? So we started offering a Honeycomb Relief crowdfunded loan, and, and the Relief crowdfunded loan was, was um had some had some we, we were able to streamline some a few things to get um, businesses up on our platform pretty quickly so they could raise capital um, the great news is that we're starting to see we'll see what happens right but we're starting to see businesses move in in the direction where they've gotten through this really hard phase mm -hmm. um, and we're even seeing businesses that are are opening, um, you know, new businesses that are opening and businesses that are um, are are are, um, are scaling. And, mm -hmm. and but but yes, we definitely had um, a number of businesses that uh, we quickly got up on the platform for for relief and um, to to help them get through. And we had businesses that were actually on the platform when COVID hit. Um, one, mm -hmm. two examples of that, but the one you mentioned is Unbar. Mm -hmm. um, Melissa was opening Unbar Cafe, and and this was a succession plan for her and her family. Just a beautiful spot, right. and COVID hit right when she opened, yeah. and she had to quickly position her campaign with us to to release so she could get through you know the next three or four months, and now she's doing just fine, but. Yeah, it was quite challenging. Wow, wow, wow. Um, so, yeah, it's Jumpstart Friday, and uh, we've been having a, a great conversation. I've learned so much uh, from Dora, Dora Rankin. She is the – I want to get it right. I want to get it right. She is the Cleveland City Manager for Honeycomb Credit, uh, the sole, sole responsible for bringing this uh, very interesting uh, uh, community capital – a crowdfunding company to uh, the Cleveland area. And um, also, we've been speaking with Monica Grays. She is the owner and founder of Second Semester Consignment Shop. Uh, two locations, one in Wycliffe, one here in Cleveland, and, uh, you know, a 
recipient of services, an alumnus, uh, as Dora said, of uh, Honeycomb Credit. Thank you so much to the two of you for uh, sharing this great information, Monica, for sharing your story. And, um, you know, how do we... If we are, um, let's see, looking to get more information about Honeycomb Credit, uh, we can visit the website, honeycombcredit.com. Dora, can you give us a phone number that maybe we can call? Yeah, absolutely. The best um, contact number for for us is 440-570-1311. Awesome. And Monica, where can we find a second uh, second semester uh, on on the Internet? You can find us at Second Semester, and that is the number 2ND. So it's abbreviated, Second Semester, Second Semester Shop.com. Um, so that's again, Second Semester Shop.com, as well as follow us on Facebook, Instagram, um, and you can get more information um, through those sites. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, the two of you, for uh, joining us on Our Voices Today. Jumpstart Friday. As always, a special shout out to Tasia Ducksworth. You can never go wrong with the Ducksworth in the room and Vicki McDonald uh, for coordinating these wonderful conversations here for us on WOVU. Um, I just want to go out with this. I I think that I've fallen in love with kombucha. Kombucha. <laughs> K-O-M-B-U-C-H-A. Look it up. It's good for you. All right, Cleveland. And it, it helps your immune system. So remember, stay safe uh, from the COVID-19. Take the task up and pull that mask up over your mouth and nose when in public. And, uh, you know, please do your best. Try to resist getting together for the holidays. We know it's hard, but the longer we can stay diligent in taking these essential measures, uh, the faster we we will get relief from COVID-19. Vaccine or no vaccine, we have to protect ourselves and, and take that responsibility. So uh, with that, I will leave you. It's Jumpstart Friday. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next time. Carmen Bailey's symptoms started out mild. She was tired and had a headache. Over a week in late April, her body grew weaker. She had trouble breathing. It was hard for the 52-year-old graphic designer to get work done or to take care of the three young children who live with her. Bailey knew it was likely she had the new virus that was sweeping across the country, but she refused to go to the hospital, even after a nurse suggested that she should go to the emergency room. Bailey's mistrust in the medical system, like many black Americans, can be traced back to the Tuskegee syphilis study, which experimented on hundreds of black men in Alabama without their permission. It was also based on what she's seen in her life. Bailey's aunt was hospitalized for COVID-19 and put on a ventilator. My aunt ended up getting very sick swelling. She swelled, her legs swelled, she couldn't watch, she was in pain. They took her to the hospital, they kept her, put her on a ventilator, and she died. The relationship black Americans have with the country's health care system is a complicated one. The pandemic has only underscored that. In Cleveland, half of city residents are black, but they make up a larger share of those hospitalized for COVID-19. 
and of those who die. Part of that is because health problems like diabetes and high blood pressure that make COVID more dangerous are more common among black Clevelanders. It's also because more black Clevelanders work in essential jobs that put them at risk. The distrust also means fewer black residents volunteer for clinical trials to test vaccines, and many are skeptical of taking vaccines once they're approved. That has created a challenge, one that doctors and researchers have been working on slowly over time. Before COVID-19 hit, efforts were underway to gain trust with minority health fairs and clinics and community boards to help examine the research. Now the work is more important than ever. This series is a partnership between the Northeast Ohio Solutions Journalism Collaborative, the Cleveland Observer, and WOVU 95.9 FM. Is presented as a part of IdeaStream's Coping with COVID-19 project, which is funded by Third Federal Foundation and University Settlement. Stories were reported by Afi Scruggs, Rachel DeSell, and Bree Zeltner. Edited for radio by Jay Gospel Kid Williams.